I'm going to speak about something which happens, uh, I don't know if you're familiar about it, but it happens once every 400 years. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but today at approximately 6 p.m., which is like two and a half hours ago, there was called... Great Conjunction. Yes, the Great Conjunction. So I don't know how familiar everybody is that. Uh, what what is that it? Well, the conjunction means adjoining. Okay. Of Jupiter, Jupiter and, Ma- and Saturn. Saturn. Jupiter and Saturn were the closest that they have been since 1226, which is 700, uh, which is 794 years ago. That's the last time that is they they were this close. So that that's that that's called the Great Conjunction, and it is one of the greatest of astrological signs. That Jupiter is almost touching. It was uh, one tenth of a degree next to each other, and it happened tonight, today, and the last time that happened that it was that close was like I say. 1226, which what I said was 794 years ago. That's a long time ago. It's almost 800 years ago. You see, so that, like I said, it's a tremendous astrological sign. Now, what does that mean? Like, okay, so what, you know? I mean, obviously they're not close to each other because Jupiter is a certain amount of distance from the sun and Saturn is much further out. But in, in terms of the line of sight, in terms of from the Earth, they were less than, they were one-tenth of a degree. One-tenth of a degree, by the way, is one-fifth one of the size of the full moon. So, you know, it looks like it's incredibly close. So that's the great conjunction. Okay. And uh, what that means is astrologically, Jupiter is a very, very is a sign of... Tremendous chesed. Tremendous chesed. In fact, if I remember correctly, the mazel of Avraham Avinu is Jupiter. Okay? And uh, in order for Avraham Avinu to have children, because uh, Avraham Avinu said that, I can see by my mazel that I will not have any children. So the Rabbanisham told Avraham Avinu, and that, that because there was something blocking uh, Jupiter, so the Rabbanisham says, don't worry, I, you know, I will change it. So he actually made some type of a shinoi, a change in the astrological sign, uh, whatever that means, you know. And therefore, of course, Avraham Avinu was able to have children. <clears throat> now, so Jupiter basically is chesed, tremendous giving and uh, beneficiality, you know, unrestricted giving. And Saturn is din. Saturn is that which restricts or blocks the chesed of Jupiter, which is interesting, you know. Um, yeah, so that's what these two things are. But So what, it, what, it apparent, what apparently happens is that when Saturn is far from Jupiter, so it's able to block the chesed of Jupiter. But when they get together, then in some way, apparently, Jupiter is able to nullify the blocking power of Saturn, the den. 
And that is a tremendous time of chesed. That's, that's what it means. In fact, I, I, something which is interesting is that uh, many years ago, uh, an astrologer told me that my sign is Jupiter rising in Leo, which is interesting, uh, which is a tremendous hispastus, a tremendous uh, fame or world fame or whatever, but it's being blocked by Saturn, which is interesting. Um, So, uh, you know, I understand that, you know. But what this says, this great conjunction, is that Saturn in some way has been nullified. And Jupiter, the muzzle of Jupiter, now reigns, you see. And what does this mean astrologically? Well, what it means astrologically is the astrologers say that this begins the age of Aquarius. Aquarius is the water carrier, okay? And that is an age where there's tremendous changes in the world. So based on this, they say that there's something that's going to happen that's going to produce tremendous transformations of the world. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? You know, uh, because the age of Aquarius begins now with this uh, great conjunction and so on. Now, what's interesting also is Aquarius is a water carrier. And water, we know, of course, is the symbol of Torah, you see. So therefore, the age of Aquarius is now the age of the water carrier, which would seem to mean that there's going to be a tremendous flow of Torah to the world. Now, all of this sounds incredibly messianic, doesn't it? You know, so astrologically, what happened a mere two and a half hours ago apparently has earth-shattering repercussions. Now, what is also interesting, which I find, is that this occurred, the, the, the uh, constellation that we are now in, which is part of the zodiac, and each mazel has its own shefa. We are in the constellation called uh, the, the goat, Seir, okay, Capricorn, the goat. And if you realize something, Capricorn, the goat, is the mazel of Esau. Because Esav lives in Haseir, and Seir means Soir, the goat, you see. So we are now in Teves. Teves is the month of Esav, you see. In fact, that's why a Serba Teves, which, by the way, falls out on this Friday, which is extremely rare, right? Teves, the base of Mignus, was going to begin to be destroyed, you know, certainly... Uh, uh, in the in the mazel of Teves or Esav, that's when he his mazel rules. But the interesting thing about it is that this great conjunction happened in the month of Teves, which is the Capricorn, the goat. That's the English constellation, and so on. So that would seem to indicate that Chesed is now going to reign without being blocked, and that its Chesed will overpower Edom. Esav. So that's a double concept of a messianic possibility, you know. And the last time that this happened, that you had this great conjunction in Teves, because apparently usually it occurs in another constellation. I don't recall which. 
And it's extremely rare that it should happen in the constellation of the Seir, the goat. The last time that happened, apparently, is 3,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago, you see. Uh, which, again, it happened that the, uh, the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter happened uh, 3,000 years ago in the month of Teves, which is the month of Edom and Esav. So we're talking about something that obviously is incredibly rare, you see, and it happened today, you see. So all of these ideas mean that we can look forward to tremendous transformations astrologically, you see. Uh, and uh, in fact, the last time it happened, like I say, 1226, if you remember, that 1240 is the beginning of the Elif Hashishi, the beginning of the 6,000th year. And it was, that's 14 years before 1240, which is the beginning of Elif Hashishi. And Elif Hashishi, I had once mentioned a long time ago, uh, right, is uh, Friday. Because <clears throat> each thousand years, there are 6,000 years that the world will last, and that is six days, right? So Friday is the beginning of the 6,000th year, well, actually the sixth millennium, which is the year 5,000. So the English year 1240 is really the Hebrew year, right? Um, the English year 1240 is the Hebrew year 5,000. And 5,000 means 5,000 years have passed, which means five days of creation have passed. So that means Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday have passed. That means 1240 is the beginning of Erev Shabbos, right? Which is the beginning of the 6,000th year or the uh, 6th millennium. And that is a messianic era. Because the Zohar says that the Orishan, the messianic light began to descend in the year 1240, Erev Shabbos. Because we know Erev Shabbos is when people begin to prepare for Shabbos, you see. So therefore, the English year of 1240, uh, which corresponds, of course, to the Hebrew year 5000, is Friday on the creation clock or calendar. And that signifies the descent of the Orishan. And there are two very substantial things that happen in, in, uh, at that time. The first is that the Zoya was discovered not far after, I think in 1280 or 1260, maybe 1290, whatever, and that was the beginning of the revelation of Kabbalah in the year, in the year you know, in the beginning of the uh, 5,000th, uh, 6th millennium, 5,000. So that was the first transformation, is that the, that's a descent of the Orishan, because that's what Kabbalah is. Is the surface information of the uh, Orishan, the Messiah. Second thing is that the Rambam lived at that time and he changed the form that Torah was written in, Torah Shabbat Peh. He wrote the Mishnah Torah, right, which is, of course, his magnum opus. And what he did was he changed the format or the form of the Torah Shabbat Peh. And that was the beginning of what's called Tiferes, or beauty. Uh, instead of Torah being fragmented, Torah was changed into a magnificent format, which the Rambam did. It's an incredibly organized work. 
So he took it out of its tremendous fragmented state and he put it into a tremendous sequence in order and organization, you see. And it was written there in approximately those years. So therefore the Torah went, underwent, it began to emerge from the Klippa. The Torah in the Klippa is really when it's all fragmented, you see. So it began to come out of the Klippa and that reflects in the Rambam's writing of the Mishnah Torah. It's a very, very important idea that the Rambam was there to take the Torah out of the Klippa of a tremendous disorganization and beautifully organize it. And that would be the meat of Tferis, beauty. And that is one of the hallmarks of the Messianic light. Very important. So we have the beginning of the revelation of Kabbalah, the Zoya, right? So that's the beginning of the revelation of the Orishan. That's the Zoya. The second thing is the Rambam transforms the Torah from a situation of Klippah to a situation of Tferis, beauty. And it all happens around the year 5000, which is 1240. And the great, uh, and the great uh, conjunction was in 1226. So that's truly a change. Now, the third thing that happened also, which is very important, although it's not recognized as such, but it really is, was that in those years, a man called Roger Bacon lived. Now, well, who was Roger Bacon? Roger Bacon is famous because he initiated or he discovered what's called the scientific method. Science. And what science basically is, is it reveals the premius, the hidden structure of the physical world. So it's also Tferis. Until then, the world was dominated by the thinking of Aristotle, who was basically an armchair scientist. And Roger Bacon introduced the scientific method, very important. And he showed that you can only really know the physical world through experimentation, through development of hypothesis, and then, you know, testing the conclusions and so on, you know. Um, and that's the, the scientific method that he discovered. And that began to change the world in terms of their understanding of the physical world, you see. Now, of what relevance is that to us? the Torah, the Jews, and the answer is because the scientific method, when you look at Torah, there's two, the Mashiach introduces two concepts. The first concept, okay, is the hidden light, which means a tremendous chokhmah, a tremendous hidden wisdom that the Mashiach will reveal. But the second thing that he reveals is the form of wisdom. Right now, everything to us is separate and fragmented. But what science does, which is interesting, what the Or Mashiach actually does, is it organizes everything into a beautiful structure where you clearly see how everything emerges as one idea. Even though they have many elements and components, but somehow all the dots are connected. This is called the messianic form. And that's the second thing that the Mashiach does. One is to reveal hidden information. The second thing is that the information that he does reveal is in an incredible form where it's beautifully connected and you see the relationship 
between all ideas to each other. You see. Now, what science is, by the way, is one of the ideas of the messianic process, and that is the form of information or knowledge. What science does is it reveals the structure of the physical world, the world that is concealed, you see. For instance, if you're into physics, then you study the atom, the structure of matter and energy. If you're into biology, then you study the structure of the DNA, which is the central idea of the cell, and so on. In other words, science always looks for the hidden in a beautifully structured form. However, science doesn't deal with spirituality. It only deals with, right, it only deals with the physical world. So the form of thinking is messianic in terms of science. It's just the choymer, that's the tzura, the form. And the choymer of science, the material itself, the topics that they deal with, of course, is physical, you see. And that also began approximately around that time, because that's when Roger Bacon lived. He began the whole concept of how to think about the physical world. So when you think about it, the year that he had the Great Conjunction had awesome repercussions, both for the Jewish people and also for the world of the, the, for the uh, secular world, the world of science, see. Because if you think about it, the messianic light is an understanding of total reality all organized, you see. Except the essential reality that the messianic light deals with, of course, is ruchnius, is spirituality. But basically now, you know, Torah, even though it reveals that, is still in the Klippah because it is tremendously fragmented, you see. However, science, even though it deals with the physical world, not the spiritual, but it is organized, it is super-organized. So in that sense, it has some aspect of the messianic light. Because in truth, that's really what the messianic light is, is to organize all information into one structure, both the physical and the spiritual uh, except the physical aspect science took, the spiritual aspect, we have the spiritual material, but we don't have the form that it should be in, which is, of course, incredible teferis, beauty or structure. And that is the ultimate thing that the Mashiach will reveal. And if you remember last week, I said, Yemecho, the day of one, or two weeks ago, actually, that the day of one means everything is seen as emanating from God. Therefore, there was a tremendous transformation in the world at the same time that Jupiter and Saturn were in conjunction. You see, most people don't realize that. But like I say, that was a pivotal transformation in the entire world at that uh, conjunction. <clears throat> now, in 400 years ago, which is about 16, right, that was another conjunction which apparently wasn't as close as it is today or 800 years ago, but it was a, a conjunction at that time very close. And at that time also, who did you have? The world also was tremendously transformed, right, with two things. You had a guy, not Roger Bacon, right, but Francis Bacon. I, I don't think they're related, but Francis Bacon also spoke about the scientific method and he really uh, refined the entire method. 
and in a certain sense, he is known as the father of uh, scientific thinking. And he lived around that time. And the second one who actually transformed science was Isaac Newton, who I think was born in 1642. And that was also around that time. And of course, Newton is considered the father of science, you know, because he was the one who changed everything and so on. But in any case, and that was the second great conjunction. And it also, again, led into tremendous transformations of the world. Now, we are now, right now, into the third transformation. Or, or the, uh, the th- again, the, the, to the third great conjunction. But this is the closest in 800 years. But like I say, in the, it hasn't happened in 3,000 years. Well, that conjunction happened actually in the month of Edom, or Esav, the goat. Capricorn, the goat, is the zodiacal uh, constellation, you know. So that could indicate two things. One, the age of Aquarius means that there will be a tremendous flow of Shefa of the Omashiach. That's going to come very shortly, right? And also it means that Edom, the creep of Edom, right, that force of Edom will now dissipate and now begin to end. And we, we, we actually see that with Trump, who I had mentioned so many times, he's a Toyshev Esav. And what we also see is not only the good part of Esav, I mean, it, it, when you think about it, Trump is incredible. You know, he, he, right now he's so busy fighting off the fraud that took place. And meanwhile, he's still batting for the Jews. He just brought in Morocco to ally themselves with Israel, right, and Bhutan. But, but Morocco is a major coup or victory, you see, uh, so this is incredible when you think about what Trump is doing. But what it is also is, again, there's a tremendous transformation where the creeper, the force, the evil force of Yishmael, the Arabs, is ending because it's one thing not to fight with the Jews. It's another thing to have full diplomatic relations, which is exactly what's happening. You know, I mean, you think about that. I don't know if you know it. Do you know how many Jews went to Dubai over Hanukkah, if you know that, 70,000 Jews. Could you imagine how many planes took off from Tel Aviv, Bengalian Airport, for Dubai? You see? And I heard also that there was a tremendous Hanukkah celebration in the streets of Dubai. I mean, who could have possibly ever dreamed this? You see? So we are witnessing a tremendous transformation in the beginning of the end of the evil force of Esau and also the evil force of Yishmael. And all of this is happening around now, which is a tremendous transformation, you see. Now, you should know one thing, astrology in and of itself is a real chokhmah. It's a real wisdom. Uh, Although, you know, there's a great deal of astrology that people do not know accurately, but the Egyptians were very good at it. But what is astrology, really? You know, astrology is not astronomy. Astronomy is the study of the heavenly bodies, the heavenly bodies, the stars, you know, the constellations, the planets, and so on, you know. Astrology is not the study, per se, of these heavenly bodies, but it is a study of the influence that these heavenly bodies have based on their configurations, how they influence life on earth. 
and there's apparently a tremendous meaning to that. Now, obviously, the stars don't have any influence, right? But what the Varsham did is that he, he fixed the configuration of the astronomical signs, the stars and the planets and so on, that they reveal the spiritual uh, plans or the spiritual influences that come down from heaven. So by reading stars or knowing what they mean and so on, you can figure out what the particular shefa is at that given time, you see. And that's fixed, which means that depending on the specific arrangement or configuration of the stars and planets, they then transmit spiritual forces in some way to the earth. And therefore somebody born under a certain constellation or whatever will be influenced in a certain way. Because, and that's fixed, you see. That, that determines his characteristics to a certain extent. Uh, it determines his situations, circumstances, and so on. Uh, so what astrology really is, and it's a real chokmah, you see that from the Chazal. I mean, Chazal talk about it and so on. What it is, is that it reveals the arrangement, or by, or by studying the arrangement or the configuration of the stars and planets, who rules at a given time or whatever, whatever the rules are of astrology, that reveals the, the exact uh, spiritual influences that come to the earth, you see. Now, Jews are not subject to that muzzle, a muzzle Yisrael, which means that the Jew is not, he may be influenced to a certain extent, but he can alter, he's not governed by that. He can alter that. And that's what the Vershom told Avram Avinu, that even though in your stars, because astrology, Avram Avinu was a master of astrology, even though you're right, that based on your configuration of your mazel, uh, you will not have children, but a mazel Yisrael, I, of course, will change it. And that's what the Vershom did. He changed it, and so on. And that's really what the study of astrology is. So it does have a basis in the Torah, now, whether we know the real meaning of meaning, how to really read this stuff, it's a different story. Although there are probably people who do this, who delve into this, probably have some of the rules, so they sometimes look like they're correct, right? Uh, but they don't know the real rules or all the rules of astrology. Apparently, the people of the ancient world, the Egyptians, maybe the Babylonians, they were much greater in astrology and certainly the rabbis, and so on. But that's really what it is, is that there are spiritual energies of forces that come to the earth, and they are transmitted through the stars. And the configuration of the stars, however that works, reveals the specific pattern of spirituality that comes down to the world. You see, that's what astrology is. So this concept of the great conjunction is, a re- is really a real thing. Because like I said, you know, the idea of Jupiter, where it lies, which house it lies, and so on, you know, is a concept of chesed. Saturn, like I say, represents din, so that blocks, because din always blocks chesed. But when they're together, apparently, then the dinam that Saturn represents 
nullified, is, is nullified, I should say. Therefore, the chesed of Jupiter can now burst forth into an unparalleled <coughs> display. And therefore, that is transformative, you see. So when you really think about it, we seem to be at the threshold of an incredible change in the world, which makes a lot of sense when you look at the fact of what's happened with the state of Israel, you know, which is interesting. Uh, I gave a shir about a year or two years ago that Gideon Saar will be uh, possibly a prime minister, and nobody even has ever heard of the guy. And now, apparently, Gideon Saar has broken away, has broken away from the Likud, and he has formed his own party, which is amazing. And in three days, his party shot from nowhere to 21 seats. Gideon Saar's party, which is called New Hope, Tikva Chadosha, or Tikva Chadosha, right, is now the second largest party in Israel, out of nowhere. And I'm sure people are stunned. And what's interesting is I had predicted that at least two years ago, that this would happen, even though most people never heard of the guy. But whatever. Any case, so that seems to be happening. So we could be well looking at the beginning of the downfall of the era of Rav. And the Tanyo is the head of the era of Rav. And uh, he may be heir of Rav Light, but he's still heir of Rav. You see. Uh, and uh, I, I know for a fact that Gideon Saar is going to try to correct the educational damage that has been done to the educational system in Israel. Uh, he once said that he recognizes that there is absolutely no Torah education, nothing basically, very little, in the 1.5 million kids in the public school system of Israel, and he wants to correct that. So what we are beginning to look at is a transformation, a transition of Israel and what I call the rehabilitation of the Jewish people. Now, it would be interesting to see also what will happen to Trump, because he's the Torah Shabbat But I want to tell you something, it's not over. You know, we're in for tremendous surprises about what's going to happen with Trump. And uh, he, may, I, I, he may yet really uh, gain access and become the second time, second term of the president. But in any case, um, this is what happened, the Great Conjunction, and it does in many ways indicate that there will be tremendous transformations. And as the astrologers say, or people into astrology, that this is indicative in terms of the Great, uh, the great Conjunction and the, the Age of Aquarius, which they held, held, that begins today because of the conjunction. So it's interesting that, you know, uh, I'm giving a shear on the day that there could be an incredible, this could be the precursor to the beginning of a real messianic era. You see? Uh, so that would be incredible. <clears throat> so this, we see, is what happened in the previous conjunctions where there was tremendous transformation. And uh, it's very possible that we can certainly look forward to this transformation, which is the closest, like I say, in uh, 800 years. But what's more important is that it occurred in the month of Teves, which is the muzzle or the power of Esau that is finally 
subdued, you see, uh, by this conjunction, where Chesed will reign supreme, actually in the month of Teves, which is the month of Eidav. So there's a great deal to look forward to, you see. Uh, and I'm hoping, of course, that, that that's what's going to happen, uh, and so on. Okay, any questions? So if no, that so noise. So if a what was that? What's that noise? I don't know. Somebody. Okay, so if a in Teve, his, um, his power gets less, is it the the, the rash of so that the Tov Shiba Esav could go forth, and maybe that's like a permanent of Trump winning? Yes. Yes, somebody has, uh, there's a feedback going on of some sort. Uh, yes. Yeah, what it would mean is that it, it, it should mean, actually, that the Rosh Shiba Esav will be subdued. You see, that it will be subdued, and the Tov Shiba Esav will be victorious over the Rasha base of. So this astro- this is certainly an astrological sign that uh, hopefully Trump will remain as president. That's certainly an astrological sign. And that's what it would mean, is that the Tushya base of will be victorious over the Rasha base of, you see. And like I say, um, that uh, hopefully Gideon Sah will become Prime Minister of Israel. And by the way, if by tomorrow night at 12 a.m., which is Tuesday, which is December uh, 22nd and 12 a.m. is the 23rd, if the budget is not passed in more than a day, in other words, at 12, 12.01 a.m. Tuesday, Wednesday morning, then the, the, the government automatically dissolves and there will be elections. Again, the fourth time. And hopefully Saar will win, get rid of the era of Rav, and begin the transformation, the rehabilitation toward Torah and Judaism of the Jewish people. Yes. So you still think that Trump's going to win? Yes. I still think it's a miracle. Well, it will be a miracle, because that's the way it works. That's the way it works. Look, I'll tell you something. You know, when Chizkiyohu, uh, he did not want to have kids because he knew prophetically that he would give well, birth to Menashe. And Menashe was a terrible Russia. So he didn't want to have kids. So Yeshayohu Novi, who was a prophet in his day, came over to him and told him that, you know, you, you, are, you are going to die. Why? Because your job is to have children to carry on the kingdom, Lucha, and therefore it has been decreed that you will die. So, um, uh, so asked him, why? So he told him, because you don't want to have kids. So just like you are terminating your line, uh, you know, the Davidic line, God will terminate you, you see. So Chizkyo uh, told him a very important thing. He says, I'm not worried. Why? Because I have a Kabbalah I have a teaching that was handed down from the house of David that a famous statement, 
even if the guillotine, right, or the executioner's sword is on your neck to cut your head off, do not give up the hope that God can stop it instantly. So therefore, even though you decree, and you're telling me this through prophecy, which obviously is incredibly accurate and legitimate, however, I'm going to pray that God stop the decree, even though it has been decreed. And that's what he did. He turned to the wall, and he prayed to God, and he said, I'm going to do tshuva, I'm going to take a wife, and I'm going to have children, even if the child will be Menashe. And, of course, he lived. You see? Now, what that indicates is that's how close the Messianic era comes to dying. You see? That looks like it's going to be over, right? And all of a sudden, it turns around miraculously. You see? Same idea. We, we are Mamashcher of Chodo, Menachasat Savoroi. Jews are disappearing all over the place, which is tragic. 11 million Jews are gone, really gone, out of the 14 million. So when you think about it, Jews are disappearing. Judaism, I should say, is, Jew, is disappearing. You know, and I'm going to talk about that you know, later, but anyway, or in the future. But the main idea is that uh, it looks like we are going to disappear. And that's Cherev Chodo. That is a sharp knife on our neck, you see. And that is what has to be before the end, that it looks like, right, Judaism will be overthrown and disappear. It looks like the Mashiach will not come. However, at the last possible second, it will be overturned. Just like Cheskyo said, that you, you cannot give up hope, you know, even though it looks very, very bad, and looks like the end, actually, the end will not happen. And this has been repeatedly demonstrated in the exodus from Egypt, you know, uh, and so on. So even though it looks very bad in terms of America, looks very bad in terms of Israel, in terms of their religious position, that's, there's so much anti-religious fervor in Israel, all of that can be overturned in one fell swoop. And that's what will happen. So you can't be dismayed by what's happening. Because all of it will be overturned. Rabbi. What was that? Um, the, the, if the conjunction is uh, like um, the beginning of the messianic light, it, does that mean the Geola started? It means that it will start, yeah. Well, the ghoul, the ghoul, I'll tell you something. One thing I can tell you, you know, the gula did start, really, because whoever is the Mashiach is alive, probably. We're not looking at here about somebody being born and then having to grow up, you see. The revelation of the Mashiach comes to a person who's a grown man. It doesn't come to an infant, infant just like the Moshe Abeno. He was 80 years old when he was informed that he is the Mashiach, you see. Uh, so therefore, <clears throat> if it's going to happen very shortly, we're not looking at the birth of a Mashiach. We're looking at a guy, whoever he is, right, that's already here. And is already probably an adult, you see. So in that sense, this man is alive. 
The only question is, does he know who he is? And if he doesn't, you know, when will he be informed of who he is? And that's all, you know, to be. But the, in that sense, the Gula has started. You see. In fact, the one who says this also is Rabchaim Kanievsky. You know? He says, Rabchaim Kanievsky says, that uh, he, he said that the Mashiach is here, and he's just waiting to be given the, uh, the, go, the go-ahead, the green light, so to speak, to reveal himself or to begin the messianic process. Now, why he says that? Unknown. Does that mean he actually saw the Mashiach? Possibly. I mean, if anybody saw the Mashiach, it certainly could be Rabchaim Kanievsky, because he's the God Lador, you know. But he certainly feels that way. And, uh, you know, I certainly believe and feel that he's correct, that whoever it's going to be is alive now. You see. So the answer to your question is that, yes, the Gula started. But it started also not because of that, because I once mentioned that the precursor of the Gula is Edom, Esau, doing tshuva. That only happens at the end. And that clearly is reflected in Donald Trump. You see, so if the Gula did not start, he would never have been chosen. So that's another indication, you see. Didn't you say that when the Gula starts, that it, 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 once it starts, it's like a ball rolling and it goes. There's no yes. stopping it. That's right. Once it starts, it's irreversible and unstoppable. Yes. Once it goes. It's just that it goes very slow. That's all. But at a certain point in time, it will speed up, you see. So that certainly is what's going to happen. Oh, so then to me... How long, Rabbi, you... How long what? How long do you think we're going to have to continue with this COVID and now with this mutant COVID and this mutated and now it's going rampant and how long are we going to have to go through this I, I, I believe that the, the need for COVID uh, to do what it had to do is already gone. It's over. And that's the only reason why God allowed vaccines to be discovered. Two of them, you know, the Pfizer and the Moderna. And they will end. Ultimately, everybody's going to get the vaccine. It's only a matter of time. And whoever doesn't want to take it is only afraid because of side effects. But as the country takes it, more and more people... Uh, eventually, I believe everybody's going to take it to get rid of this. You know, so I believe within a half a year, it'll be gone. You see. But Rabbi, so many people, the side effects are, are horrible. Why would anyone want to take it? Why would and anybody want? Why would anyone want to take a vaccine with so many bad side effects when there's a 99% survival rate from COVID? Well, yeah, that's, that's an argument people use. But nobody knows who the 99% is because there are people that die. And what happens if that person is the one who dies? You know, it's true. Um, I mean, let me ask, let me, you know, think about this. If you knew that you took something that 99% would, would, is, uh, it, it wouldn't uh, affect you, but there's a 1% chance that a person could die, is it worth the risk? No. no but, uh, but who, what's well, the there risk? you are. What? The risk, the risk of infertility, the risk of Bell palsy, the 
the, everyone with their allergic reaction. There's so many people with bad side effects. For the 1%, why would I risk all those side effects? Well, I don't know. See, I'm not familiar if there are side effects. I know uh, that at least uh, yeah, 40,000 yeah. people that I don't know. I'm not saying no, but I, I, I'm not clued into that. I mean, uh, that, look, 40,000 people were part of the experiment, part of the whole thing. And of the 40,000 people, obviously, it, it's been deemed safe, you know? So I'm not really familiar what if there were side effects, then there are side effects which could be common to all vaccines. And look, let's face it, there are always people that will develop side effects to anything, you know? Everybody, nobody can take all drugs and not have everything. People have side effects to aspirin. You know what I'm saying? So, in, but that doesn't mean that the, the people, the majority of people shouldn't take it, you know? As long as there's no, the overwhelming majority do not have side effects, and even those who have is not in any way dangerous, you know? In any case, so, you know, I, I don't, uh, but I, I believe ultimately everybody will take it. Because nobody wants to go around. Everybody's going to be stuck to their homes. And uh, people, look, you take a risk. You know, everybody's afraid there's going to be a tremendous rise because of the, the, the Christmas holidays and so on. Just like Thanksgiving, that's why there was a tremendous rise. Because everybody got together in Thanksgiving, you know, without masks and without this social distances. You know. Why, why but I, I believe on that what was that? Why, why wouldn't the Mashiach, uh, like, when he does reveal himself, wouldn't he help us in these areas? In which areas? In the areas of, like, the unknown, that if, that don't, like, I, I feel like the secrets of what's being hidden from us, not only the secrets of the Torah, but the secrets of the, uh, the world, uh, the, the governments, that what, what are their real agendas behind things, all these secrets of what the truth of everything will come to the surface. Yes, so the truth and that's of because yeah, that's true. Yes, that's because the Mashiach Ben Yosef specifically is going to battle evil. That's what it means, Ubehem Aminagach, and he's going to go the nations with these with, with the wisdom. Exactly, he will reveal all the evil of the world and vanquish it, destroy it. That's his job, you see, to destroy it, and he will be successful. Exactly, you know. So we don't have to worry about even taking the let's say next year when everyone else, you know, after we waited for to see the results of what happens to the people with the vaccines. Like by then, hopefully, he'll be here. We'll get real answers. Exactly. So? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, like I say, that that's exactly what his job is to begin the battle against evil and to destroy it. You know, and then Mashiach Ben David will remove the Zoyamo, where he actually kills the Satan. At least according to one view. But what he does certainly do is nullify the power of the Satan. And that's the end of evil for all time. And it's the end of sickness and death. You see. No question about that. But listen, you know, like I say, you know, if this astrological sign uh, is true, apparently many people feel that it is, then we are about to witness a tremendous change in the world that we don't even realize 
you know. But I, I like I say, I believe the change will be is the era of Rav will be thrown away, and hopefully Ed uh, Trump will resume. Then he's really going to clean up the deep state. He's going to go after everybody, everybody, because I think he realizes that these guys mean business. They almost destroyed him. So I think what he's going to do is going to really go after the entire deep state. And that will be the true end, hopefully, of the Democratic Party. At least the evil people of the Democratic Party. That will be the end. You see? Rabbi, I was listening yeah. to, a, to a class. And what was that? Rabbi, I was listening to a class. And yeah. one rabbi yeah. mentioned um, something about a Mashiach ben Menashe and Mashiach ben Ephraim. Well, the Mashiach ben Ephraim is the Mashiach ben Yosef. Because they're you know. his sons. Yeah, that's right. Um, you were saying that Mashiach ben Yosef already came and left. And now what's there? left is Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Menashe and Ephraim. Well, I don't know where he gets the Mashiach bin Menashe, but the Mashiach bin Yosef did not come, you know, uh, and he is going to come, you see. So that's what's going to happen. So is it that Mashiach bin Menashe and Ephraim came and left? Well, there were attempts, uh, you know, but they were not, they were not, uh, it wasn't the time for them. Uh, and um, try to remember there were people that tried to break away from Egypt before the Gaula, but they were all killed. I'm not sure if they were from Menashe. I don't recall uh, who they were. And Moshe Rabbeinu told them, don't do it, because the time of Gaula has not arrived. I'm trying to recall who they were. Maybe they were from Menashe, but uh, it was ill-fated, and they were all killed. You see, because uh, time wasn't right. I forgot. Uh, I think it's a medrash and so on. But anyway, but uh, there's only one Mashiach, Mashiach ben Ephraim, and that Mashiach is, of course, uh, Mashiach ben Yosef. That's who that is, you know. Uh, Mashiach ben Yosef, many times in the Midrash, is called Mashiach ben Ephraim. That's exactly how the Midrash calls him, because that's who he is, <coughs> you know. Uh, in fact, he's called that Yemiyo, uh, Ephraim, Ben uh, Yakeli Ephraim, because he comes from Ephraim, not from Menashe, you see. In any case. So, so basically, our next things to look, um, look at in the world stage is what's happening in Israel, and hopefully yes. January 6th when Trump, God willing, wins. When? Correct. Those are the two very important events. What will happen with Trump? Because if Biden gets in, uh, that's in many ways the end of America. And uh, the second thing is uh, what happens with uh, Netanyahu and Saar, because that will be the end of the era of Rav. And that we'll probably see by tomorrow night if they go to re-election. Tomorrow night? What's tomorrow night? Wednesday morning, 12 a.m. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, which is Tuesday night, 12 a.m., which is Wednesday morning. Yeah. 
uh, to see if the government dissolves, yes. That's right. So let's say the Erev Rav uh, it gets denounced and hopefully Gideon Sar gets in and Trump wins. Where does that place the Mashiach and Yosef to come and reveal himself? Uh, well, his, his muzzle or his seclusion will end and he will be granted success, you see, in whatever he has to do. He will be granted success. What the nature of that success is, to a great extent, is unknown. But he has a tremendous job in front of him. Because he's got to tackle the entire world of evil. Not just the world. He has to tackle the world of evil. And we know how difficult that can be. Uh, but he will have tremendous, um, all-powerful Saitya so whatever he has to do, he will do that. You have to remember, basically he does two things. He confronts evil, that's one. But the second thing is more important. He begins to develop Ruchnius. He has to bring the Jewish people back because they are disappearing in droves. Uh, he has to bring them back. He has to rehabilitate them in some way to bring them back to the Torah, to the mitzvot, and uh, therefore many spiritual phenomenon must occur in order to do that. Uh, and uh, it's unknown exactly how, but it's, it's something that we have never, probably never seen, you see. And as time goes on, he will become famous. He will become world famous. Because as people begin to recognize who he is uh, and his enormous success, they will realize that he's got the touch, so he must be the Messiah. And you have to remember also that part of his job is not just to bring the Jews back, to rehabilitate them also, but to build the Beit HaMikdash. That's what he has to do, because I once mentioned a long time ago that the Zigmara, Yushalmi, says, that the Mashiach ben David comes to an already built Beit HaMikdash. So the question is, who built it? And the answer is the Mashiach ben Yosef. So there will be some type of a movement that will actually begin the building of the Beit HaMikdash. And that clearly is miraculous. You see, so what exactly will wake up all the Jews to allow the return? We don't know. But one thing we do know, what it says in Parshat Nitzavim, right? That even if you are outcast, be at the ends of heaven. Right? Remember that Pasuk? Misham, from there, right, I will gather you. Uh, which means I will gather you away from the Klippa, away from your integration and intermarriage. And then it says, O Misham, and from there means in the Klippa itself, Yikochecho you will become spiritual. Uh, so we're not talking about something that will happen outside of the Klippa. We are talking about something that will happen in the Klippa, where the Jews will be removed from the Tumor, from the sinning, and they will be introduced to incredible spirituality. And that is the job of the Mashiach when you save. You see. How these things will unfold. When people do get more spiritual, Rabbi, when the Mashiach yeah. comes... 
It doesn't count for the for Olam Haba, or it does. No, it, no. It, uh, well, you, that all depends if they have free will. And in the time of Mashiach Ben Yosef, they still have free will. Free will stops when the Satan is killed, because there's no contest, and if there's no contest, there's no reward, there's no struggle. So as long as you have Mashiach Ben Yosef, there will be free will. But you know, like I say, you don't have that much time. You know, because how long will he reign before Mashiach bin David appears? Not long. And based on the Zohar, which I quote frequently, in 2030 will be Tchiyat Tamesim, and that will be Mashiach bin David. So we are looking at nine years and 12 days. Right? And you said the latest that it could come is 2040. 2040, no, 2030. Oh, I thought you said 2040. No, 2040 is the resurrection of the dead. No, 2030, English year, 2030 is the resurrection of the dead. 210 years before 2240. That's what I said, right? So 220 yeah. years, 2240 is the end of time, 6,000, year 6,000. The Mashiach has to come, the Tchirta Mesim, which is the Mashiach ben David, ah, he will come two and ten years before, because that's when Tchir Tamesim starts, and that will be in the English year 2030, which is nine years, okay. right, and 12 days. Are there so any Pesukim that, that, that um, hint to, to a year? To a hint like to you know what? That now, you know, like now, when, how we say Mashpa, Yadim Evion, Mashpa is Tavshin uh, Pei Aleph, is yes. there, are there any other hints in the Torah or anywhere that, that, that tell us years of when Mashiach and David would show or Mashiach and Yosef? Are there any, like, um, you know, do there, any guesses or any... any you, know? you mean any, any remosim? Any yes. Uh, yes. hints? Yes. Any hints? Yes. Well, like I said, you know, Tavshin Peyalov. You know, there's a lot of hints that Tavshin Tayalov will be the year that he will appear. Right? And that's this year. Am I here where I spoke about that? That yeah. Tavshin Tayalov is the year that he will appear. Yeah? Appear and meaning are, he's going to be known. We're going to know him. No. He will be released from the Klippa. Okay, so I'm talking that, about when is he going to be known. That's, that, that will be a process. You see, that will be a process because in the beginning, he's not known, but he will be suspected that there's something unique about him. As time goes on, he will become more and more spiritual, greater and greater. So it will become obvious that this guy is incredibly unusual. And finally, because he will be so successful, he will be so spiritual, he will be known that he's the guy. You see? So it is a process. The key, look, the key event that we all want is that he should be released from the Klippa. And that is the equivalent of Moshe Rabbeinu at the burning bush. That is the key event. You see, when it says that, and God heard in Shemot, and God heard the cries of the Jews, right? And then God knew, right? That knew 
is the Pekida. God knew, and to and that meant that the time to inform Moshe and to take him out of his prison, so to speak, because Moshe Rabbeinu was gone for years in the desert. Ah, that is the clue, you see. And that's really what we're waiting for. And then it takes time until he is known. But that's not the key. The key is he's got to be informed that he is the Messiah. He's the Mashiach. And then it's just a matter of time. But look, it's not going to be a lot of time because like I say, in nine years and 12 months, <clears throat> right now, things are happening with such unbelievable acceleration. I mean, you can't believe what's happening. You see? The, when Trump took office in 2017, January, right? Who would ever believe what we're seeing in his presidency? It's just incredible, you know? There's such an acceleration. There are so many historical events that never happened before. The incredible hatred of this man, impeachment, so many, and, and the collusions, Russian collusion, they're still after him. And now with the fraudulent election, like it just never stops, you see? <clears throat> And what, what's going on with America is historical. The same thing. Who would ever believe that Israel would have three elections that basically produced nothing? And now they're going to go to a fourth election? This never happened before. Israel never had three elections that went nowhere. Think about that. This never happened that the Arabs are making peace with Israel. It's never happened before. I mean, it would be interesting to look at the last, you know, the last, uh, you know, five, ten years and to look at all the incredible historical events that never happened before. So we have to be in an unbelievable messianic, you know, the, what's called the precursor to a messianic era, you see. Do we have to use all nine years? Is It's like... Is, is, does he come at, at the end? Do you understand my question? Well, it's not going to be, like I say, the key is when is he released? When does he get the Yechida, which is the Kabbalistic plan that he becomes the Mashiach? Uh, once that's happened, then, like I say, it's unstoppable and irreversible. This is what happens, you see. So, um... I mean, that's what we're waiting for. Does he have to use all nine years? I look, it takes a long time to get rid of evil. I mean, think about it. They're pretty entrenched in the entire world. It's like all over the place. And then when you think about communist China, I mean, these guys, you know, on a, on a, these guys are on a, a real ride to take over the planet. You see? <clears throat> but somehow he will uh, be victorious. He will be vanquished. You see, look, it's going to happen much sooner than you think. Mm 